Warning! Anime out of context has strong language, spoilers, stupidly wrong ideas, and general silliness. Neither of our hosts are professionals and do not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I explore the depths of human suffering. Watashi wa shan Rollins des. What the fuck was that? Uh, and, and my name's Remington Chase. Have you gone full weeb? What's happened here? Junbi Wataki. I, I, I don't, I hate whatever's happening right now. <laughs> Nandeska. Oh, I hate this. What is going? Okay. Um, I'm trying to find meaning or clues, but I got nothing. What's the matter, Remington? We've done 15 episodes of this. Can't you speak Japanese yet? <laughs> I I cannot. In <laughs> fact, I I know a few Japanese terms. I'll be honest. The only one I've learned through just watching is baka. That's it. That's the one. That's all you really need. Yeah. That's all you need to know to be a certified tsundere. <laughs> So I think you'll be fine. There you go. Oh, but darn it, Remington. I thought by now you would know so much about anime after 15 episodes. You know, Sean, I, th- I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just the the base of my own ignorance in that, oh my word, there's too much anime. That is fair. But, you know, I thought that for the final episode in my curriculum that I have set up for you, the 15 episode curriculum of for course. starting an anime fan... I thought we would talk about, you know, the most important controversy that seems to pop up between American anime fans and whatnot. And that's the idea of dubbing anime, Remington. Oh, okay. Okay. So I thought I'd try dubbing our episode in Japanese, but apparently Uh, you're not ready for that. Yeah, definitely not Mm. not prepared. Uh, Give me like a lifetime or two and I'll get back to you for that that all Japanese episode. I guess we'll just do it in English then. (laughs) Darn. Oh, All those boy. times spent on Duolingo was worthless. <laughs> <laughs> Today's anime is Rosetta Stone, actually. <laughs> but yeah, Remington, I wanted to talk to you today about dubs because okay. that has been kind of a soft controversy amongst anime fans. Reason primarily being is because there are a lot of really bad English dubs of anime out there. That's not surprising. It's the problem with trying to take a foreign media and dub it to, you know, English or your current location because some things get lost in translation no matter what you do. I'll be honest, until I started with this podcast, the like three or four anime that I've ever seen in my life, they have all been dubbed. Yeah. It was only in this podcast we watch uh, anime with subtitles rather than dubbed, right? So that's the first time I've entered into that half of things. Yes, and the reason I do that, primarily focus on watching subs, is so that we can get the whole idea of what the characters are saying across. Because while we're seeing what is said on the screen written out, they're saying that in more or less words depending on what they're saying. Because language is complicated, Remington. Oh, yeah. Especially a language like Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's hard to read, hard to write, hard to speak even. Like, and most of all, it's not English. Exactly. <laughs> and a lot of things get lost in translation, which is unfortunate, but the only real way to counter that is to either speak the language, which clearly we don't. Nope. 
or to watch it in Japanese and just have someone subtitle the best translation they can. Okay. That's not to say that dubs are bad. There have been some really good dubs in the past and probably will be in the future. I have a question. Okay. Right now, for me, subs and dubs are about on equal footing, uh, if done right. And so, what is the primary dilemma between, one, you have to translate the subtitles, and one, you have to just still translate, but then you just dub over with that translation? The problem is, is it doesn't always line up in the time frame okay. of the animation because the animation is made for the Japanese script. So they may have to not only translate like they would have to with subtitles, but also artificially lengthen or cut down certain lines. And sometimes that's not always possible. It's not easy to go back and fix that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, definitely. Any animation, oh boy, that's basically wizardry to me, because once in, like, second grade, I made a little stick figure flip book, and that was so much work, and I was so proud of myself, and if I'm perfectly honest, looking back on it, it was absolute trash. So, I really appreciate, what I'm saying is, I, from one professional to another, I can appreciate the art form. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always knew you had that artist streak in you. It's in my blood, Sean. What can I say? And as I've said, because of the difficulty of translating and dubbing a foreign animation, a lot of the times things don't line up. Okay, we here's what I'm hoping for this week. I'm hoping that you are going to show me an absolutely awfully dubbed anime. That is what I'm hoping on. Honestly, Remington... I kind of didn't want to do that right off the bat. Damn! I wanted to show you an anime that's dubbed well, so that you can understand that it can be done well. I'm it's... less likely to enjoy that. <laughs> oh, come on, Remington. <laughs> uh, just, let's face it, Sean. We've learned that if something is so obviously bad, I can enjoy it. But if it's supposedly good, but not really good, then I'm not going to enjoy it. It is good, though. I've heard this before. It is so good. It's one of my favorite anime of all time Shit. that we're going to talk about. <laughs> In fact, not just my favorite. The vast majority of anime fans, it's one of their top ten easily. Oh, jeez. Okay. Okay. So Pressure kind of, is rising. Kind of the same vein as Cowboy Bebop in that respect. Okay. Okay. So high potential to piss people off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll love it. Maybe I'll love it. We'll see. I hope you love it because it deals with some of the really good things that anime can do. Telling a story that has a lot of interesting nuance and characters. I like that. Yeah. Uh, interesting world building as well. I like that. Interesting combat is a very good one. Pretty nice. And the occasional child murder. Hey, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sean knows this about me. I've mentioned this before. There's something about child murder that pops up in some of my favorite media. I don't know why... It's not because of the child murder, I swear. I'm starting to think you might have an issue with children. <laughs> Is that why we have the explicit tag on our podcast? The two things that can make a good anime, Sean, as you know, are adorable moe and child murder. They go <laughs> so... uh, The anime we're talking about does have a lot of violence, uh, blood... A bit of gore occasionally. Not too bad, though. Not like not like Fist of the North Star type of gore. Just okay. general 
Okay, so with it being so wildly loved and so popular, is it one that I've heard of? I believe it is. Okay. Well, I haven't heard of many, so that narrows it down significantly. Exactly. And you might say that watching this anime can cost you a bit. It might even cost you an arm and a leg to watch it. Okay, let's see. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I feel like in the back of my mind I know this. Oh, come on, Remington. You have to know it by now. I haven't really disarmed you with this knowledge yet. God damn it. I got the puns. Uh, the main character, they got like a robot arm and leg. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, what is it called? I'm really trying to test your metal here. Oh, it, 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 it's Full Metal Alchemist. It is. Oh, okay. That is one that I am familiar with, but have never seen even a single episode of. Do you at least know what it looks like this time? You got the blonde kid, and I know that he has a little brother who is transformed into an iron golem or some shit. Uh, and they're trying, I think, to turn the little brother back or something? Uh, maybe? I don't know. That's 100%. Oh my. And then I would alchemist, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So, Remington, you're actually kind of right. Yay! Full Metal Alchemist is the story of the Elric brothers. Oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, heard that. And it's about this world where alchemy exists. Okay. Which, for those of you who don't know, alchemy is the uh, study or science or magic, as it were, because it's magic at this point, really, yeah. of changing one object into a completely different object. Stereotypically, lead into gold is exactly. the most famed example. Exactly. And in the world of Full Metal Alchemist, alchemy is kind of the central power source of things. Like, it's okay. uh, explored magic science that's primarily used in the military and just okay. by general researchers in science. So it's kind of a early 19th century world just with alchemy everywhere as opposed to just being electricity and things like that okay so think you know early 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 america metropolis style america with a lot of magic thrown in. okay i can visualize that or it might be better to say like england i'd say okay so just 19th century style stuff just with a lot more magic okay very interesting and the story is basically this in order for something to be obtained, something of value must be used. Alchemy is bound by I'm going to interrupt you real quick, John. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. I just I was about to get going, but that's okay. <laughs> what do you have to say to me, Remington? So, so that quote, it sounds real nice, but it's false? How so? Because value is inherently meaningless, and we assign the value of it, and so who's the, the sole arbiter of what is objectively valueful? Honestly, it's a lot about conservation of mass when they're talking about uh, alchemy. If we go back to children's murder, we got a kid heart in one hand and a sack of gold in the other. Who's to say which one's valued more? A cannibal might want to eat the child's heart. However, if we had Mr. Monopoly, he'd probably prefer the gold, unless he has a past we do not know about. And see, that's an interesting point because... Wait, hold on. You think the Monopoly Man is secretly a cannibal? I'm not making accusations, at least not publicly. I'm just saying he's a shady character. <laughs> he's uh, not making that money from real estate. I know better. <laughs> That's actually kind of what the uh, show is about, is wh who determines the value of things. More, okay. More specifically... Okay, in that case, continue the synopsis. Yes. Alchemy is bound by this law of equivalent exchange. And it's something that the young brothers Edward and Alphonse Elric only realize after attempting a transmutation. After all, 
who can decide the value of in life. Oh, okay. Nice and dramatic. But also, what dumbasses are going around trying to transform themselves with very questionable science magic they don't fully understand? Oh, they're not trying to transform themselves. Well, oh, what are they transforming? Well, what else <laughs> would you transform if you're a kid? A recently orphaned kid. Oh, <laughs> necromancy it's just human transmutation uh, seems a lot like necromancy these are some dumb kids <laughs> <laughs> well if you're in a world where alchemy makes just about anything impossible possible why couldn't you bring a person back from the dead listen quantum mechanics can do a whole lot that i don't understand but i'm not going to go throw some gamma rays and fry your ass because i'm like maybe it'll help or maybe it'll turn me into the Hulk. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but in this world, alchemy is still a developing science of sorts. I mean, it's magic, but it's science. They, of course. They take a scientific approach to it as opposed to a mystical crystal ball mumbo jumbo stuff. I'm just imagining that the Elric brothers got like an alchemy kit for their birthday, right? Like old school chemistry kits. Uh, but inside there was just cyanide and asbestos and just <laughs> all sorts. And they're like, mix these. And it's before they knew that, oh, these are terrible things. And so they're just in a sickly delirium and then they fuck everything up. I'd watch that anime. <laughs> <laughs> well, the law of numerous anime says that something like that exists somewhere. And after they attempt this human transmutation, they lose limbs, and Alphonse, the little brother, loses his entire body. What do you mean he loses his entire body? The price for trying to transmutate a human soul costs more than just the materials made to create the body. What do you mean you, what, you lose your, okay, so I knew he turned into like an iron golem or some shit. What do you mean he loses his body? That's, that's you. That was part of the cost. What, what's left? His soul. Okay, what, what's, what happens with that? What, how does, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, it goes like this. They attempt human transmutation. Of course, they don't realize the cost of human transmutation. Because they're dumb kids. Yeah, older brother loses limbs. Uh, younger brother loses his entire body. And in a stroke of... Couldn't, couldn't they even that out a bit? Like Nah, of course not. <laughs> like, we'll both lose 60% of our bodies and then we'll be good. Nah, 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 nah. That's too easy. <laughs> loses his entire body. And of course, in a spark of maddened genius, the older brother transmutes his brother's soul into a suit of armor. Oh, to okay. To keep it locked onto the plane so that he's still technically alive. Is that how that works? It is in this world. Okay, I'll accept that. Because uh, in this world, it is defined that souls do exist. Fair enough. And souls are a thing that can be messed with. And so the parents come back to life? You'll have to watch the anime to find out. I mean, that's a definite no. <laughs> <laughs> no way is. You'll have to find out. No, the parents. So why not? If it took all that cost, what was it all for? They just, like, popped in, said hello. It was, like, the cost to, to reincarnate them for, like, two seconds, enough for them to be like, oh, God, it hurts in here, and then they fall, and you're just now traumatized and bodiless. That's part of the mystery of the world, Remington, because <laughs> the thing about Full Metal Alchemist, what makes it so interesting is the fact that... Not only are we learning about the stories of these characters, but we're learning more about the world, how it works, and how these characters are trying to manipulate the world to do what they really want, and that is get their bodies back. Okay. Because obviously the whole human transmutation, bringing people back from the dead thing, kind of failed. Why don't you just, like, 
kidnap a stranger, sacrifice them to your alchemical gods. Ta-da! Remington, how could you? <laughs> I'm not saying it's morally right, but I'm saying if your brother lost his body, that'd be the simplest route. It's not the best by any means. I'm not endorsing it by any <laughs> means, but it's the clearest point for me to be. These characters are neutral good at best and probably chaotic good at worst. They're not going to do anything to hurt other people because they know what pain can be like and they don't want to kill people. That's horrible, Remington. Why I would you do this? Yeah, I'm just spitballing, Sean. Okay, so you're saying that if my body got deleted into the Aether and you had the opportunity to get me back and lock me in a soul of armor, you would just find some random-ass person, kill them, and then shove my soul into the body. They wouldn't be a random person, Sean. What the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I would, I would like, vet them out. I'd make sure, like, maybe I go over to the people on death row and I'm like, hey, can I have this one? <laughs> can I have this one? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> can, can you lend out this inmate for me? Oh, yeah, who is that? Uh, Big Murder Fist Malone? Yeah, can I have that one? <laughs> I'll give him good price. <laughs> I think I think he has enough body to recreate my buddy Sean's. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, you are a horrible person, Remington. I think the words you're looking for, Sean, are thank you for being such a good friend. <laughs> and oh. I say you're welcome. Goodness. The interesting thing about this show is it always answers these questions that you have. Okay. In one way or another. I strongly look forward to that because sometimes there's some types of questions that I can look past, that I can accept not answering. But so far, a lot of the questions posed do seem relatively important. So a lot of the questions I've asked so far are the types of questions that if they're answered very poorly or not at all, it could hinder my experience. And I'm not expecting all of them to be answered even today with like the three to four episodes. Like that's fine. That's dandy. Three to four? Oh, fucking damn it. <laughs> Remington, uh, I was gonna tell you this earlier, but you know how we have a special rule? <sighs> so to inform any listeners who are unaware of our special rule, once for every set of 10 episodes, and so this would be between 10 and 20, Sean can change the three to four episode rule into however episodes he sees goddamn fit. That is right. And the thing is, I really was going to want to do this with Cowboy Bebop. Mm -hmm. Because we're probably still going to get a lot of flack for only showing three episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Of course. I can't do the disservice of not showing more of Full Metal Alchemist than of most of the other animes. Because it is listed in the same group as okay. Cowboy Bebop and all these other ones. It's not going to be like Sword Art Online where I torture you for 14 episodes of horribleness. <laughs> it's going to be watching a good series for a couple hours with a friend. That's okay. basically it. Okay. I'm really hoping. Now, Sword Art Online is one of my least favorite anime. And I think it was largely contributed to the fact that it was bad and I had to persevere through so much of it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping beyond hope that by watching more of this, I will just like it more as opposed to gradually learn to hate it. I'm hoping and I, I'm a bit optimistic because it's so universally loved. It's one of those like elite anime that you see 
but we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, and there's a few more things I have to talk about before we can even get started on it. Oh boy. Yeah, because I don't know if you know this, but there's technically two Full Metal Alchemist series. Like a, just a season two or like a Gundam thing going on? Uh, not quite. More like there's the original that came out in 2003. Uh-huh. And then there's Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which came out in 2009. Okay. And the 2009 version is a retelling of the 2003 version, but actually follows the manga as opposed to the 2003 version, which divulges from the manga after a certain amount of time because the manga wasn't finished when that anime came out. Why what why would you make an anime based on a manga and then go past where the manga's at? That's a dumb decision. A little bit, yes, but it actually kind of turned out all right because the original Full Metal Alchemist is just as beloved as the uh new one, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Okay. And so they're loved for very different reasons. Okay, so which one are we going to be watching today? We're actually going to be watching Brotherhood. Okay. And the reason I say we're watching Brotherhood is because I think it's better than the original, and that is going to get me a lot of flack. Hey, Sean gets the hate mail. It's kind of a soft controversy which is better. I liked Brotherhood better because the overall story is more condensed, it's more linear, it has much more flow and consistency to it. Mm -hmm. And it ends in a very good and satisfying way. Whereas the 2003 version kind of goes down some strange paths with some strange twists and turns that make things a little awkward. Which is what you'd expect when they fly by the seat of their pants for yeah. a large part of the season. Yeah, and I mean, the author worked on the anime as well. Uh-huh. But of course, you know, if you don't completely have your story fully realized, you got to kind of go with the flow and kind of make things quickly as they come out. Yep. Which, you know, that can be good or bad. And it did go really well, and it was great series. I just think Brotherhood does things a lot better. The only thing I would say the original Full Metal Alchemist does a bit better is development of some of their minor characters. Okay. Because a lot of the minor characters in Full Metal Alchemist are fantastic. Like, they're so interesting and funny and charismatic in their own rights. That, I'm a big fan of well-developed minor characters. Yeah, and learning about them is very fun and interesting, but in Brotherhood, you don't get as much. Okay. You get a good amount, don't get me wrong, but you don't get as much. Okay. And we will have to come back and watch the original Full Metal Alchemist 2 at some point. I just decided to start with Brotherhood because one, it's my favorite, and two, it's the most easily accessible right now. Hopefully by the end of this episode, that's a prospect that excites me rather than fills me with dread. I think it'll be an interesting prospect no matter what. But yeah, no, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is really, really good. Most people rate it at about 9 to 9.5 out of 10. Okay, okay. Some people will say it's their favorite anime of all time, given it that top 10 slot. Me, I think the 10 is too valuable of a number to do that quite yet, so I'm just keeping it at a solid 9 for myself. <laughs> of course. But... It's really that good and that popular. The setting is in the military state of a mistress. A mistress. Yes. So it is a government run entirely by the military. Okay. With, are, are they doing well? Oh, uh, well enough, honestly. But at the same time, it's a military state, so it's got the problems that military states have. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. Chris. And most alchemists are directed to being state alchemists, which which are known as the dogs of the military, because they were basically used to kill people. Okay. Using you know their fancy science magic to kill people. Which are is... there actual dogs? Yes, actually, in this anime. All in. You're all in. Yep, I'm set. Oh, oh, boy. I'm ready. I'm prepared. You're I'm, prepared. <laughs> I got this. 10 out of 10. I'm excited. They're dogs. 
There are dogs. There's one really big, cute, white, fluffy dog in it. Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, yeah, you're gonna love that dog. Everybody loves that dog. Oh, man. This anime, I can't stop gushing about it just because of how much I love it. I've rewatched the series six times since 2009, I think. Wow. And there are 64 episodes of this series. Well, it's 64. Yeah, 64. Oh, okay, okay. Don't worry, I'm Important not going to make question. you sit through the whole thing. <laughs> Important question. How many are we going to watch, Sean? A couple. <laughs> A couple. Oh. I, it's going to be worth it, trust me, because... I want you to get a good feel for how things work, how the world works, how the brothers handle different scenarios. Because when all this human transmutation stuff happens, they are, I believe, 10 and 12. Oh, those dumb kids. Yeah. The whole series encompasses them from about age 12 to about age 18, I believe. Oh, wow. And it's a very subtle growth throughout the thing. Time kind of... It skips in a few places, but it's in a, such a subtle way that you just kind of look at the characters and see they kind of look a little older than they used to as it goes. Okay, I like that. So you don't have an exact grasp on how much time things are taking, but by the end of the series, you're looking at them and like, hold on, they look like adults. Okay. It's such a subtle, gradual thing that it's a very interesting concept to watch and see how they grow as both people and as alchemists and as, you know, just in general. I think you're gonna like it, Remington. Okay. You might not like it as much as me, but that's because, you know, I've got that weeb status kind of... Of course. ...at the top shelf there. Just at least have a favorable opinion. Okay. Yeah, I think you're gonna like it. And honestly, as far as plot goes, I haven't told you a whole lot. It's true. All I've told you is that human transmutation fails, they lose their bodies, they want to get them back, and it's their journey of trying to get it back, usually through pursuit of a legendary alchemical substance known as the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, we're back to Harry Potter, boys! <laughs> <laughs> back to our roots! <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Oh. Except the Philosopher's Stone has been a thing in Mythos for ages. The perfect material, the material that lets you create things out of nothing, create lead to gold, things like that. You know, just... I've read Harry Potter, Sean. I'm familiar. Oh, for crying out loud. And with that, I think we're ready to go. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's go watch some Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after sitting through a grand total of 10 episodes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Tell me, Remington, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good overall. Yeah? I'm alive. You're alive. I'm alive after watching 10 episodes of anime, and that in of itself is a statement. I mean, the last time we watched that much anime, you wanted to kill me and yourself simultaneously. Oh, that was dark days. Dark days. Dark days that we will hopefully never have to return to. Spoiler alert, we're gonna return to them. Fuck oh, off. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait for those days, because those are gonna be fun days for me. Not so much for you, but for me. I can great. definitely wait. Yeah, we'll have to see. Ugh. So, Remington, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, how are you feeling about it? Uh, overall, like so many super popular things we've watched... I have some really good thoughts about it, and some not-so-good thoughts about it. So when should they start sharpening their pitchforks? <laughs> For this one, I 
think that pitchforks are unnecessary, but it depends how strong a fan you are. Considering that this anime is considered the uh, number one anime amongst a lot of fans, they might be already knocking at my it, door. If this is your number one anime, then you can prepare your pitchforks, because it's definitely not my number one anime. Yeah, considering the anime that you like, I, that doesn't surprise me all that much. <laughs> you moe piece of trash. Hey, hey, hey. The only heavy moe is in, like, fourth or fifth place. Uh-huh. All right, Remington, let's break it down. What do you like about this show? Let's start with the positives, because that's always the best place to start, because as soon as you say the negatives, people are going to leave. <laughs> of course. And it should be noted that because we saw 10 episodes, there are spoilers ahead. So if you're interested in watching Full Metal Alchemist, watch the first 10 episodes, or you can just let us spoil them for you. And Whatever you, you prefer. You really don't want us to spoil this, because this is one of those anime that it is a crime against the Geneva Conventions to spoil. <laughs> because there are a lot of major plot points that get revealed in various episodes that could make some people upset if they got spoiled on. I'll be honest, there are only like two or three things that are really important spoilers for me in the first ten episodes. Other, Like, a lot of them are general story points, but there are only a handful of moments that I would be frustrated if I knew beforehand, or that would lessen the experience for me personally. Which is fair. So, Remington, what are your good thoughts about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? Right off the bat, on episode one, they have such a strong start. Their episode one was very powerful. It got a lot of information across in a very interesting way, as well as keeping your interest through the whole way through. And it wasn't a complete exposition dump, which is so nice, because so often in anime, it's an exposition dump. Hey, here's the world, here are the people, this is just how it is, let's explain this all to you. But in in especially episode one, Full Metal Alchemist showed you rather than just told you, and that was really powerful. It's very interesting because they throw you into this world and you're watching this crime in progress going down, and you're learning so much about the world without them telling you things, and you kind of understand how alchemy works already just by watching what's going on. Yes, all you have a bunch of different alchemists trying to hunt this person down, this criminal, and you already have political intrigue because they too uh, were a state alchemist, uh, if I remember correctly. That the is correct, at the time. Yes. yes. And so you have some internal betrayal intrigue going on there. Meanwhile, you establish all of these characters just by them showing up. I thought that it was slightly rushed. I would have liked to see it last a little bit longer, but it wasn't heavily rushed. Yeah, and that is one of the biggest complaints people have about Brotherhood, is the fact that the pacing is a little weird in some places. They spend too much time on one section and not enough time on another, and it kind of throws things for a loop. But at the same time, you get the whole story across, and that's kind of the point. Yeah, I'll definitely be discussing pacing quite a bit more later. But nonetheless, the start is some of the strongest we've seen in anime just for how well it explained and captivated its entire world. Now, uh, moving on, it also has uh, really nice visuals and humor. All of those basic qualities, it does well. It hits those basics of storytelling. Its characters are interesting. The world that it has created is an interesting one. It doesn't feel like it has too many internal contradictions. I feel like for all the basics of a good show and a good anime, it hits. 
which is good because this is what a lot of people will recommend to their friends if they want to get into anime, much like Cowboy Bebop in that respect. Of course, and that's why singing its praises is a little bit difficult for me just because, yeah, it does everything pretty well. Now, there aren't too many things that I think it does absolutely exceptionally. I think it does everything really well, and that's it. And that sounds like I may be critiquing it, but that's not a critique. Doing things really well is good. I just think that it's like a little bit commercialized in a way that stunts it from that really good to amazing gap for so me. So you think it's really interesting and really well done, but there's just not big enough impact to make you skyrocket this into one of your favorites. Yeah, it's something that I totally understand why everybody likes it, why so many people love it. That being said, it didn't have anything truly special for me as a watcher. That's fair. That's a fair criticism, and I can actually understand that quite well. But is Armstrong not special enough for you, Remington? Oh, I loved Armstrong. <laughs> Some of the characters that it built were really nice, but Armstrong is one of the best. Such a great balance between comedic value as well as just adding intensity and authority. Armstrong, for those who don't know, he's just this big buff guy who's very studious, can be very serious, very authoritative, incredible, but he also will occasionally just rip off his shirt and sparkle, and that's the kind of guy he is. He's who I want to be when I grow up, Remington. That's oh, who we all want to be I when we grow up. I just want to always be sparkling. That would be <laughs> the best solution for my life. I just... Can you imagine? It's like, oh, hi, uh, I'm Sean. Nice to meet you. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> It'd be perfect. That, that's truly the life. <laughs> but yes, that covers just about all the good things. And it's unfortunate that because it does everything quite well, there's not a whole lot for me to talk about specifically on that front because I have a lot of specifics on the negative end of things. And that is going to make it seem like I think it's a bad anime. Okay, so for a buffer. Do you actually like this anime, Remington? I have to know. Yes, I like Full Metal Alchemist. I think it is a good anime. I enjoy it quite a bit. It's definitely on the upper end of my rankings. Oh, thank God! <laughs> Because you're about to tear down a lot of fans' hopes and dreams, and that's going to really suck for us later. Yeah, we're, we're about to get into some great big negatives. Uh, so Should we break it down episode by episode then, you think? Yeah, I think that'll be good. And then we can explore the specific things I thought uh, good and bad about uh, each episode. So already I think we've discussed episode one quite well. Mm -hmm. The build, the intrigue, the characters, it established all of that quite well. The animation especially is really good. Oh yeah, the animation, fantastic. Okay, uh, then we move on to episode two, which is... For those of you who've seen it, it is kind of a bit of a step back. It kind of shows you the origins of Edward and Alphonse and kind of how they got to be where they are. Because the first episode is kind of like a throw you partway into the story kind of deal. Whereas the second and third episode give you a bit more backstory, a bit more information on how they got there, what their family life was like, things like that. Yeah, and I think with the whole backstory, I think it was pretty well done. I don't think it was as well done as episode one, but nonetheless, they still did a good job of showing rather than telling. I think this is where there were a few times that I thought were logically inconsistent with some motives and for some behavior and some, well, shouldn't it be this way or if you did this wouldn't it be that or things like that mm -hmm. but i'm willing to overlook those they're quite small overall episode two was another quite strong episode 
Yep, it really gives you a good baseline for who these two characters are and where they're planning on going and why they did what they did. Which, yeah. big thing about this anime is the balance between life and death and what is the value of human life. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting question. Through the 10 episodes we saw, it wasn't explored too terribly much. It was just touched upon, and I'm sure it becomes an issue further later on. I trust that much. But... It was an interesting issue, and it really started in episode two, where, of course, we have the mother who dies, and they trying to bring their mother back, right? And then everything goes terribly, terribly wrong. Because it turns out, transmuting humans to life isn't exactly something that can be done very easily. <laughs> they got quite dark with this episode. They pulled out all the stops with this one, when this heaping mass of black skeletal horror comes out instead of their mother. It's so creepy and unnerving, as well as when very young Edward is just bleeding out as his brother has disappeared and he's freaking out. I thought that the emotions sometimes, and this is a common complaint that I'm going to have about this, sometimes their emotions, when they went extremely emotional, got a little bit hokey. But this, this one wasn't nearly as bad as it gets later on. Overall, I thought that they handled the darkness and the emotion pretty well. And hey, dismembering kids is a great way to start any series. Oh yeah, nice and intense. <laughs> yeah, and episode two did a really good job of explaining how they get there. I think that's a pretty good summary of yep. that. Episode three is where the story starts really get going. The brothers go to Lior to try and find out more about this priest who is apparently making miracles, but the thing is... Miracles don't just happen, so they think they're, he's using some kind of alchemy. Turns out he is, and he has what they believe to be a Philosopher's Stone, which is kind of the primary MacGuffin plot focus of this entire series, the Philosopher's Stone. I thought this was such an interesting little plot arc with the false religion and this guy creating miracles and claiming it to be divine, right? I thought that was so fascinating. And I was so disappointed that it was such a short story arc because I thought it was great. And if they just would have lengthened it, I'll be repeating this, but it felt rushed. What it had was good, but it would have felt so much more satisfying if there was more to it. I agree completely. And that is one of the biggest problems of this anime. We've talked about pacing. It's partially because Full Metal Alchemist is kind of a story that's already been told before in anime. In the early episodes, they do feel a little bit rushed just because people have already seen this. They understand what's happening already for the most part, and they kind of work on that assumption, which is not the best idea. Yeah. But... It still tells the story that is being told, and you understand what's going on. It just feels a little bit faster than you. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that the arc was good, but it was rushed. And it's a common theme that happened in Full Metal Alchemist for me, where they had some really good things, but they themselves prevented it from being great, either through mismanaged pacing or by extending things too far to the point where they become ham-fisted or caricatures of what they're supposed to be and that will be a, a thing that I mentioned a few more times I assure you. Which is perfectly fair in criticisms because oh my god do some of the things get ham-fisted and even more so in the English dub. Oh yeah and one particular example that happens in this 
arc. At one point, you have Edward, and he's sitting in a church, and this woman approaches him, and they have this really weird conversation that amounts to religion versus science, and it's just this very exaggerated point of view on both sides, but especially Edward, and he's so obviously being an asshole about the science perspective and later on he pulls a flip and he's like yeah so when i was being an asshole i was actually being self-aware but it was like well yeah there's no other way that you could have been doing that because you were so obviously an asshole that you couldn't maintain that position well the thing is ed is kind of an asshole if you couldn't figure that out but it was such an exaggerated degree that it wouldn't be believable to have this character maintain that as a main character like it was so far-fetched and so stretched out and exaggerated and instead of just being a rather interesting conversation about religion versus science which is already it was a bit weird of a placing in the anime but nonetheless it turned out to just try and get to deeper principles and something that happened a lot whenever fold metal alchemist tried to get to deeper principles and deeper meaning. It did really well until it told you exactly what it was doing. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It had great ideas, great metaphors, but then shortly after showing these great ideas and great metaphors, it would be like, yeah, so these great metaphors that you can see, this is what they really mean. And you're like, yeah, I, no, I got that. I get you. And then they'll keep on doing it. And it's like, you, you had a good thing going until you removed all the subtlety from it and now you are just shoving it down our throats and now I started with a good message that I caught on to and I really liked but now you've turned a good message into something you're shoving down my throat and I don't want it anymore <laughs> it's like someone gives you a really nice sandwich and you're like oh this is pretty great you want some more yeah, <laughs> just, yeah and, and once I'm gagging on the sandwich you know I'm not really getting the mood for Subway anymore <laughs> sir after that, kind of moves on to episode four. At the end of episode three, you get like a little sneak peek into some of the main bad guys. You got Lust and Gluttony kind of in the end showing, oh, hey, you screwed up, Mr. Priest, dude. Yeah, and with with this, let's, let's talk about bad guys for a moment because Full Metal Alchemist has some interesting bad guys, but they're all so stupid. <laughs> So, you, Remington. The worst sin that they commit is they do the villain soliloquy every goddamn time. They get the upper hand. They're ready to kill the hero, do they? No, they keep talking and talking and talking, and oh, suddenly the hero has the upper hand. Wow, that's not a ridiculous... That trope is so ridiculous that Disney made fun of it in The Incredibles. Like, it blows my mind how... And this didn't just happen once. It happened with the priest bad guy. Then it would continue to happen happen with any other bad guy it happened with both murderer bad guys that we're going to get to in just a moment it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah yeah a little bit a little bit full metal alchemist is all about their monologues if you couldn't tell monologues are a huge thing for them and the unfortunate thing about that is 
when Full Metal Alchemist was good, it was great. But so often it would start to take itself way too seriously. And that's when you get the ham-fisted messages or the villainous monologues. And it's like, just cut all of that out. It's deteriorating the product, making the characters stupider, and making your messages less meaningful. Just stop. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I can uh, I can agree with that. I, I'm actually surprised with how much I'm agreeing with you on this stuff, considering this is still one of my favorite animes, just because of, you know, the emotional attachment I have had to it ever since I was yeah. young. Yeah, and once again, it was good. It just has some really big problems. Okay, let's talk about episode four then, shall we? Four is, a is where things start to get kind of interesting, because we are introduced into a killer of state alchemists. A fellow that is only known as Scar, based on the cross-shaped scar on his face. He's an X-Man. Got an X on his face. I don't think that's how you be an X-Man. I, I think that's exactly how you be. You want to be an X-Man? Just scratch an X on your face. Don't do this, kid. Don't. <laughs> do we need to add something to our disclaimer not to follow our advice? Please do not create an X scar in the middle of your head. You will not get superpowers. So you got this big scary murderer guy he faces off against a brigadier general which for those who understand military that's pretty high up there a uh, big scary dude with an amazing mustache really it's like a giant arrow on either side of his face it's really cool oh to yeah look at. uh he gets murdered yep they established some really high intensity fighting immediately yeah by this guy who doesn't seem to be really using alchemy per se he just seems to be blowing up everything that gets in front of him which isn't exactly alchemy but it's kind of alchemy yeah you can tell there's something up with him and that it's different but you can't quite tell what and it still hasn't been explained so i still don't know but <laughs> and after that it kind of cuts back to the story of our main characters uh, they're back in Central, which is obviously the middle point and the capital of Amestris, the country where this takes place. And let me say, we're about to get into one of the two or three major spoilers uh, that I would recommend you watch up to this point before listening further. Uh, because this is a type of spoiler that will anger you till the end of time. At least that's what most fans seem to think of it as. Oh, yeah. So they come back to Central and... Uh, Colonel Mustang, one of the... Not to be confused with Colonel Mustard. <laughs> you have to make that comparison every time. My brain auto-corrected it. Every time they said Colonel Mustang, my brain just heard mustard. Every time. Uh, Colonel Mustang, to thank them for helping in episode one, offers to introduce them to a alchemist who specializes in life uh, alchemy. You know, making chimeras, which are creatures uh, that were spliced together through the powers of alchemy. Yep, and long story short, you, you quickly are introduced to an adorable dog, an adorable daughter, it seems like everything's fine. Immediately I knew what was up. I caught <laughs> on to this so quickly. Like, you saw the adorable dog, you saw the adorable kid, and you're like, oh, this is great, wait a minute. I had maybe a minute of enjoying the adorable before I knew, oh, he's going to murder his dog and child. Oh, he didn't murder them. No, he just morphed them together into a chimera abomination that could talk and just was real sad and creepy as shit. I think that was the point, Remington. Oh, and I knew, so I couldn't even enjoy the cuteness in the episode because for the vast majority, I knew it was coming. And how do you think the people who didn't see it coming felt? 
Oh, man, awful? It was such a cute dog. And the girl, too. I like how you always prioritize the dog over <laughs> the innocent child. The that... dog was so funny. He was. He was great. And then he got spliced into a little girl and, you know, kind of terrifying. Yeah. Uh, oh, one quick thing with that. So they they find out. And, of course, everyone is like, what the fuck? That's not okay. And so they, they yell at the guy who just... Uh, morphed his child and his dog together and everyone is like that's unacceptable you're not gonna be a state alchemist fuck you fuck off you're out of here bucko though they let him keep his dog child <laughs> they let him keep her well where are you gonna put her child protective services just take her in don't leave her with the monster who would adopt a dog child remington okay so so imagine this imagine we have a terribly abusive father okay fantastic abusive father he's gotten kind he's being punished what do we do with each other? let's just keep the children with the dad where else they go no <laughs> But it's technically not a child anymore, not as in the same way you That's think. That's not of. a good excuse. Well, yeah, but they were. It was kind of a house arrest scenario. So where else are you gonna put the creepy dog monster child? Not an excuse. Anyway, <laughs> then they both get killed. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, Scar comes in at the end and just straight up murders them both out of pity. Uh, yep. Pity for the dog child. Not so much pity for the uh, the father Tucker. Uh, yep. Because let's be real, no one has pity for Tucker anymore. Yep. I mean, once you, like, murder a dog and your child and splice them together, that's just kind of the end of things. Yep. All right, episode five. What was interesting in episode five, John? Okay, so episode five, very sad. You know, they're dealing with the aftermath of, oh, hey, you know, this adorable dog and daughter were horribly disfigured and transformed. They're sad. Yep. And out of nowhere, Scar approaches them in a rainy, very dramatic day. They're being very melodramatic as usual. And... Scar's like, you're the state alchemist, aren't you? All right, I'm going to kill you. Oh, yeah, and then, of course, that that's an example of, of, of Scar not monologuing, but a mini, mini monologue from Scar. Instead of just, you know, killing him, he goes on to say, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, basically. And then there's a big fight scene of them running from this crazy madman who's trying to kill them and is getting really close to doing so. Yep. And in the end, they escape. Edward is willing to sacrifice himself just to make sure his brother survives. Yeah. Which, that, that's that's hero logic right there. That doesn't really d do much good in real life. Though, up until this point, it had never established how Al, the little brother in the suit of armor, can die. It never clarified or established that well at all. Okay, that's not entirely true. In episode 3, Al shows his blood seal to Rose, and you can kind of infer, like, this is what's keeping my soul in the armor. And he does say that. Yeah, you can sort of maybe kind of infer it, but nonetheless, you have him be injured, you have him decapitated at multiple times. It turns out it's more of an Achilles heel type of thing, but it still was not clarified at this point, and we are five episodes in. You're sure, some people may infer that. I wasn't one of those people because, okay, that's holding him together because that was the magic. The magic has been cast. The magic has been done. So I think that it's also reasonable to not infer that. Maybe I'm the dummy here, but I really think that they should have mentioned it because five episodes in, you have this crazy fight scene, one brother trying to sacrifice himself for the other, but I don't know how the other dies. I mean, to be fair, he did get most of his body exploded off of him. That 
could be a cause for some alarm, don't you think? Hal gets most of his body blown off him, and it's like, oh man, I, I think that's problematic, but I don't know how problematic that is, because he's been decapitated before, that's all, that's 100% fine and dandy, he's not even injured by that, so how hurt can he be? Does he get hurt? It didn't explain it up to this point, so there weren't any stakes for that. Nonetheless, we digress. And that's kind of where we move on to episode six. They are beaten, they are battered, Ed's arm is blown off by Scar. Yeah, episode so six is pretty... They, 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 they go home, get shit fixed. Uh, the only thing I have to say about this one is you're introduced to their childhood friend, and she's the most obvious love interest I've ever seen. She's a fine character, but how obvious she is of a love interest... Oh, there's zero subtlety at all. It's it's totally commercialized love interest, number one, to the T. Which I don't think that's a bad thing, honestly, because she's at least an interesting character and she's fleshed out enough that that stereotypical route that she's going to take, not the worst thing ever. It's not the worst thing, but they. Don't, I would prefer if it came naturally or in an interesting way or not the exact same thing I've seen one million times so far. There's nothing new to their dynamic. This is one of the most anime relationship dynamics in an adventure anime that you can imagine. And that's what they're doing. And that's what it is. What if I told you that a lot of people really like their relationship? I'm sure they do because it's the most commercialized type of relationship. It is specifically designed to get people to root for it. And root for it people do because, man, do they do some cute things later on. <laughs> because uh, they have a very Cinderella relationship going on, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Nah. That's fine. I am. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Armstrong escorts them, which is great because that means we get more Armstrong. Oh, yeah. When it comes to the characters, I noticed something pretty interesting. For a lot of the characters, it did really well at developing them, but there were some major problems. First, you have one with Edward in that he is your typical prodigiously powerful, smart protagonist who's also very young and brash, and that's the anime formula right there. But at least he's not a dull protagonist. He's not. Thank God he's not a dull protagonist. But he's the other most common archetype. Uh, and he fits that to a T. Once again, nothing interesting or new. And it it's still good, but it's the same old thing you've seen a million times. It does it well. It's not new. His flaws are pretty great, though, in my opinion. Well, his flaws are nice, but they're the same flaws you always see with this type of character. Ah. Without fail. Well, I mean, the short complex thing is pretty funny in my I opinion. hate the short complex. I love it. I can't if, help if it. If you'll recall from our Crocono Basket episode, where I complained heavily about the invisible joke they always do. Oh, he's so invisible. Where is he at? Oh, he's been here the whole time. Ha ha ha. Oh, where is he at? He's been here the whole time. Oh, he's so invisible. Ha ha ha. This is almost as bad, where it's just like... Oh, wow. It's a short one. Oh, he's short. I'm not short. Ha ha ha. Oh, wow. You're the full metal alchemist. Oh, no. It's actually my brother. Oh, him, but he's so short. Ha 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 ha. Okay, so you realize they stopped making that joke after episode three, right? That exact joke, but they have made versions of it almost every single episode, usually multiple times. Yep, but at least they phrase it in a different way so it doesn't get as dull as the fucking Kuroko no Basket. It's not joke. as bad as Kuroko no Basket, but it's not good. Can't you just enjoy Enjoy things, Remington. Can't you just have that childlike whimsy and laugh at others' pain like I do? I got my childlike whimsy with Armstrong. Armstrong is great, and his variations of his premise is so good. But 
That's because his premise has been passed down the Armstrong line for generations. (laughs) There's an interesting note, and I'm going to compare Armstrong with a character, Gluttony. Gluttony is a character, he's a villain, he eats people. He's Gluttony. There we go, right? And Gluttony, I thought I was going to like him, I hated him. (laughs) (laughs) It's because of his voice, isn't it? Partially, but he's just so hyper one-dimensional. Most characters in this anime have exactly one major quality about them. That's how they're recognizable. And usually it'll introduce them, here's this one exaggerated quality, and then it'll slingshot back, so it'll be like, look at, like, Armstrong, look at me, big and strong and glamorous, also, I'm going to calmly read right here, be very serious and authoritative. It's the exaggeration and slingshot effect, and that works quite well. But so often it forgets to flesh out around that exaggeration in slingshot so that becomes all they are gluttony is a great example of that he's not a great character so far armstrong they exaggerated they slingshotted and then they continue to develop around him which is great because i love armstrong so much it was great nonetheless those are some of my problems that i have with the characters let's move on to the next episode in fact i think we can probably take the next two episodes rapid fire because they're so interconnected yep so a little thing from episode six they run into a former state alchemist dr marco who did a lot of research on the philosopher's stone yep which is great and he's like okay uh you want this research you shouldn't do it because it's the devil's research that's terrible you want to find the research here you go so they go and find it he had a change of heart that was once again a bit rushed but that's fine Mm -hmm. And after that, they're like, okay, we have a goal. Let's go to Central, go to this library, find the research, and figure out the Philosopher's Stone, because it can be made. That's the important thing. The Philosopher's Stone can be made. Yep. A formerly legendary item, material, can be made. That's amazing. And the reason they want the Philosopher's Stone is because it amplifies alchemy, and they think they can use it to get their bodies back. That's their whole goal throughout this series, is to return their bodies to normal. Which is nice to have a central focus. And so they go, they do some research, and they find out that the answers might be found in this abandoned, not-ever-used laboratory right by a prison. So they go to explore against the wishes of the authority, as so commonly happens. Yes, and uh, before they do this, you get a major spoiler ball dropped on you. They get the research, they do it, they crack the code. Uh-oh, turns out Philosopher's Stones are people. They're made of people. Yeah, yeah. Soylent yeah. Green is people. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> sacrifice people to get it. So that that's a nice little bomb drop, which, can we just say, yeah, y'all remember my <laughs> comments about death row inmates and using them? Oh, oh turns out. <laughs> they straight up use them to make Philosopher's Stones and research and such. And so they, they get in there, and they're stopped by a couple villains who have been uh, reincarnated, basically. They, uh, they got the Alphonse treatment. They got their yeah. souls ripped out and put in suits of armor, and they were there to guard it because they're, you know, immortal, technically. Yeah, and, and that was pretty interesting battles, and uh, things look difficult. You have some more bullshit villain soliloquy going on, as well as you uh, reach some villains that then just let Ed live instead of, like, using him for a sacrifice or something like that in his weakened state. There, there are a few problems. My biggest problem happens right after this because as Al is fighting against one of these murderers, the murderer starts talking about, how do you know you're not just a puppet? How do you know that your brother didn't just create you? It's a very, I think, therefore I am kind of scenario. Yeah, which could be a really interesting point. Really interesting idea terrible execution because al has never doubted the world has never shown any reason to doubt because you haven't seen this going on all the time you haven't seen al doubt this even once but all of a sudden because one guy mentions it quite briefly the next episode 
Al is in complete existential crisis mode. To be fair, he is, you know, a child, so a little susceptible to adult influence and things like that. But at the same time, I agree with you, and so do most of the fanbase. They think this is the most ham-fisted, obnoxious plotline in the entire series. Even in the original 2003 version, it wasn't that great, but they did put a little more time into it. Yeah, if they had foreshadowed these type of themes or thoughts, then it would have been way better. Because it's a good idea, but so poorly executed. Yeah, and... and and then the next episode, you have it where, okay, we got to repair the arm. Cool. Okay, we got to repair our relationship. Cool. And they repair everything. Episode 9 was the weakest episode because all the messages and all the meaning and all of everything that happened in episode 9 was devoid of any subtlety, devoid of any quality. It felt like we have to shoehorn all this stuff in here. And that they did. They did indeed. And like I said, not enough time put into that. That was like a multiple episode plotline squished into one. Yeah, once again, super rushed. But then we get to episode 10, the final episode that we watched. And this episode has broken the hearts of many a thousand viewers. Another big spoiler. In Full Metal Alchemist, you have a great character. His name is Maze Hughes. Lieutenant Colonel Maze Hughes, and he is my absolute favorite character. He is the most doting father, the doting husband. He is just a great character. He is He's so wholesome, and you so rarely see such great wholesomeness in anime or any show. And he is just such a happy person, even through all of the dark things he's been through. He is so smart, he is so caring, he's just the best character in the show then they fucking kill him yeah so they kill him <laughs> and uh it's a really nice dark scene you have the villains who are interesting except for gluttony and they murder him and so then you end up having a funeral service and it, the entire thing is quite sad the once very very small critique that once again shows what full metal alchemist does you had this super sad funeral scene that was just tragic and you see his wife and daughter and you see everybody and they're showing their respects but then his daughter started going off about why are they putting dirt on daddy i don't understand he has work to do but it was nice when she was just there sobbing when she was there sobbing it was super sad but she just keeps emphasizing this point and you could tell they were trying to break your heart with oh she doesn't even understand the gravity but it it really ruined the moment for me personally. It went from being really sad to being mildly annoying. Like, I'm still sad about the death of that character, but when it was subtle, it was great. But then when you keep pushing it, Full Metal Alchemist, when you keep pushing it, you lose what you had. I'll tell you right now, a lot of people were broken down by that scene because... A lot of people are susceptible to the cuteness of Alicia, I believe was the name of the child. Adorable little three-year-old. You moe pieces of shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you know how mostly I feel whenever I criticize you for that. <laughs> but it's, it, and it's super sad. It made me sad. The first time I watched it in the 2003 version, I cried like a baby. And, and that is completely reasonable to me. I think it shows 
the best and the worst of Full Metal Alchemist very quickly. Especially considering he's such a good character, you don't expect him to be killed, quite frankly. Like, because they show him as just this really great comedic side character with a lot of heart and interest. And then you get to this episode and it's like, wait a minute, is that a death flag? Oh no, that's two death flags. That's, th oh no. Oh god, oh god, commercial break. Oh, he's fine, he's fine. Okay, it's great. He's a little hurt, it's fine. Oh, they killed him, god damn it. Yep. And that, that scene, it was mostly good with a few flaws, but nonetheless, now that we've gone through episode by episode what I've seen, my overall thoughts, it's a really good show that prevented itself by one, not having anything particularly special or unique, and two, by often going way too far and destroying its own subtlety, friending itself from being a great show for me. And I can completely understand that. And that is probably all the complaints most people have about the show. Needless to say, though, still a really good show. You know, I think truly, to finish up my thoughts about it, the best praise that I can give it, or anything else for that matter, is I watched 10 episodes of anime and I didn't want to die. Which is... For you is the highest praise I can imagine. <laughs> and that is fantastic. Remington, I've got to ask, wanna go watch some more Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood with me? You know what, Sean? I think I do. Great, I can't wait. Before we finish up, there's just one quick thing we feel like we need to address. We got an email earlier this week from Morgan, and it was talking about the idea of follow-up episodes. They f said that they felt like something was missing. They loved hearing our thoughts about the anime before and after a few episodes, but they still wanted to hear what our thoughts were after finishing it and see how I feel if my predictions came true or not, if I still enjoy it, if my feelings change at all. Which is something I actually have been considering for quite some time, because primarily we've been a bit of a first-look series. There's nothing wrong with being a first-look series, Remington. Problem is, a lot of value from anime comes from finishing series and we gotta go back to some of these and I am working night and day to try and figure out how to tweak our formula so that it's a little bit more accommodating for the return series. Because that's been the biggest dilemma for us. It's been something we've discussed since the beginning but we're not sure how to adapt our format. If you guys have any ideas or preferences, feel free to throw them our way. We will definitely listen to your thoughts because it's something we're definitely looking to do if we can figure it out the near future. And don't worry, we will come back to one of these episodes relatively shortly. Might be a bit rough around the edges, but we'll give you that return look that you've all been interested in. So thanks for that, Morgan. That was really kind of you to send us the feedback. So if you enjoyed listening to us talk about weeb shit for an hour, leave us a review. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us on, drop a review. We love the feedback. We read every single one. It truly is super helpful, and if you can share it with a friend, even better. Meanwhile, if you'd like to send feedback directly to us, whether it be comments, questions, suggestions, or anything else, you can send that on over to animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I feel like this anime be passed down for generations.